0: This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Verse 8, let's look at this. Now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go. Now, take seven bulls and seven rams and say it with me. Go. That's important. Take seven bulls and seven rams and go. I want to talk about God behind the door. And for you to meet God that's behind the door, it requires humility for you to take your sacrifice, and to go. go. Put yourself in this friend's shoes. They've been criticizing him for a long time. The whole village has heard this. They've spoken with eloquence, with boldness, with zeal. And now God says, you need to go to Job with your sacrifice. And look at this. Go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. Church, how big is your God? Church, do you have the humility to admit when you're wrong? Do you have the humility to be silent when you don't know? Do you have the humility to recognize that you are not the savior of the world? And if God is going to use you, you have have to learn to grow in discernment before you speak. You have to learn to grow in discernment before you cut people up, before you stir the anger of God against yourself. I know I'm a young guy, I'm uneducated, but I know this, I've lived on the other side where the church has cut me up many times because they spoke with a discernment. They judge my appearance. They judge the outside. They judge my language. They have no idea the light that shines in me, and yet they call me darkness. This week, as I've been praying, my heart broke for many people who are in prison, who realize they call it as a preacher and a pastor in prison because they've been kicked out of churches. The church needs to surrender to God and learn to grow in discernment before we cut people up because of what they're walking through is different from what you walk through. Just because your theology and your doctrine is so small and God is so small, God is much more bigger than that. There are people with potential that God will bring into the church, but we can cut them up just because they're suffering. We can cut them up because of the past. In fact, we're going to get to that. We can cut them up because they remind you of something that you experienced. And those wounds have not been healed, so you're bleeding on these people. I know I'm speaking to someone this morning, and I really hope you're receiving this and God is convicting you. Let me illustrate this in Acts chapter 10. The book of Job is so crazy that you cannot just preach from the book of Job. You've got to illustrate it from a New Testament passage. Otherwise, you'll think it's just Old Testament. In Acts chapter 10, there's a man named Cornelius. And it says that he was a commander over 100 soldiers. He's a centurion. And so, Cornelius, it's beautiful because it, God says, I've seen your arms. I've seen, not your arms. Like, "Oh, wow, great arms, man. Mm, haba habba. No, I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen your generosity. I've seen you being kind, and I've heard your prayers. Cornelius is a Roman. He's a centurion. He's a man. He's a Gentile. And God says, I've heard your prayers, and I've seen your generosity. And he says, no, send for Simon Peter. Send for Simon. And God tells him where Simon Peter is. At the same time, Peter, now he's having a vision. He's very hungry, and he falls asleep, and he's dreaming of food. Peter's a man after, you know, like my own heart. It's like, great, Peter. I like it, man. Yeah, fall asleep, dream of food. Mm, legs twitch a little bit, like mm, fried chicken. Yes. <laughs> I can smell the KFC, Lord. So good. Except for Peter, it's not KFC. Peter has a vision of unclean foods coming down from heaven. Church, can I, can I get under your skin a little bit? Okay. Unclean food coming down from where? How can something unclean come out of a per- place where it's clean and perfect? How big is your God? How big is your God? Is your God so small that you're like, oh, by no means, Lord? Unclean food coming down from heaven. God is so big that he, what he said in Leviticus was unclean. He can say in Acts, it's clean. If you don't believe that, then you are not saved. Because once you were unclean, and now he looks at you and he says, clean. Once you were darkness, he looks at you and says, now you're light. Once you were in death, he looks at you and says, you're alive. And if you don't believe that God can call something unclean, clean, you don't understand the depths and joy of your salvation. Okay, that was a side note, okay? So, The vision comes down for Peter of all unclean foods, and Acts chapter 10, verse 13 says, And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Wow, and all the rednecks said, Amen. Mm, Let's go for this, baby. Fourth of July is coming up. Pew, 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 you know. But not Peter, he wasn't a redneck, right? But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that's common or unclean. I've never eaten anything that's common. I will never do this, no please track with me. I'm talking about God behind closed doors and the stage one, the first step that you got to take to unlock this door into favor, into meeting God behind the closed doors, humility. And you might have said, by no means, Lord, no way, God. That cannot be God. This cannot be God. This person cannot be saved. This It's none of your business and God is speaking to you because God wants to use us in a mighty way. God's taking us into a new dimension and and God's going to give you visions of what to do. And it's okay if your answer is by no means, Lord, because of your traditions, but look at this. God is unrelenting He says, for I've never eaten anything unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Once again, a little side note. Are you calling what God has cleaned unclean? I want you to think about the people in your life right now. It's been years. And you're still playing the old tapes about them. Why? You're still playing, I know what you did when you were 16. I know what you did two years ago. I know about your first marriage. I know about this. Why? Why? What God has saved, what God has redeemed, let it go. It's not your business. Don't put yourself in the place of God. God, you know, I know what you did in the past. I know what I've cleaned, don't call it unclean. What I have called holy, don't call unholy. And this happened three times. I thank God for his patience and his grace. This happened three times. And the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Again, the unclean thing comes down comes down from heaven, it goes back to heaven. Praise God that one day you'll be like that unclean thing, taken back to heaven. We're like, thank you, Lord. Okay. This vision, I want you to know a lot of people talk about you know, this, this passage and say, so we can eat bacon for breakfast. It's not about bacon. It's not about pork roast. It's not about meat. It's about men. It's not about food. It's about people. It's about people that God loves. Peter's door of humility was what? Getting past his traditions and walking in humility to something that he had never walked in before. America, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. Because we're so ingrained and soaked in tradition. We do not know where tradition begins and new revelation starts and it's all jumbled up. And God says, I want to save you from that. And I want you to learn to listen to my voice and do what I tell you to do. It's going to seem wrong. It's going to seem foolish. It's going to seem wild and crazy. But what I've called clean, don't call unclean. Many of you have not realized the calling of God in your life, because what God's calling you to do, you say, "By no means, Lord. By no means, Lord, I'll lose my reputation, Lord. By no means, Lord, I look like a fool, Lord. But God says, "Go." Here in the book of Job, God's asking His friends to humble themselves and to go to Job with a burnt offering, to repent and to find salvation. What is the door of humility that God is asking you to open today? What's the go in your life that God is asking you to go to? For some of you, this morning, like I said, your door of humility is to say, Lord, I need to be saved. God, everything that's coming from the pulpit this morning, from the stage this morning, is for me because all I've held on to is what was passed on to me through traditions. I've never really had a relationship with you. I've had a facade, a fake relationship with you where I you know, say a few prayers here and there, but I really have not learned to invite you into every area of my life. When fear comes, I don't run to you. When anxiety comes, I don't run to you. When depression hits, I don't run to you. When sickness comes, I don't run to you. In fact, God, I don't, can't remember the last time I ran to you. I'm not really saved. I need to give my life to you. I need to surrender my life to you. Folks, this is very important. Don't fool yourself of your salvation. Do not fool yourself. If you really want to meet God, if you want this favor from God, door number one is humility saying, Lord, I need to be saved. God, I need to go. For Job's friend, it was a walk of humility, it wasn't a walk of shame. It's not a walk of shame, it's a walk of humility, of saying, I will open the door, I will open the door and I will go. No wonder Peter writes about this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourself under the mighty hands of God. Peter answers the call, and so do Job's friends. And this is where we find the second door. This is where we find the second door. The second door is the door that only forgiveness will open. Number one, the door that only humility will unlock. And once you've gotten through the humility of saying, Lord, I need you. God, I'm going. I'm going for it, Lord. I'm, I'm going for it. I want to meet you. I'm opening the door in humility. I need you. I need a savior. I'm coming. I'm coming. God's not asking you to go to Job. God's not asking you to come to the pulpit up front. God's not asking you to come to me. God's asking you to go to him and just say, God, I know I need you. God, I know I have limited understanding of you. I need you. I need you to save me. I need you to teach me. I need you to to give me discernment. And once you've gotten that point of humility, the second door, door that only forgiveness will open. Now, as I was going through this this morning, before coming here, for some of you, there's going to be door of forgiveness slash obedience, okay? It's forgiveness and obedience, And for many of you, your your obedience is going to be forgiveness. Now, the friends went, and they've opened the door of humility. And now it's Job's turn. What is he going to do? Is he going to forgive? And is he going to obey God? Because honestly, if I was in Job's shoes, and these guys, after cussing me out for 42 chapters, came up to me, can I be honest with you? I hate that the Bible says I cannot gloat over my enemies. Okay? Okay that I can't laugh at them and be like, loser, <laughs> wimp, <laughs> told you, you know, that I can't cuss the mud. I, I, I don't like it. I was like, oh, God, come on, man. Like, give me some joy to rub it in their face. You know, I told you so. You're an idiot, you know. Come on, say that again, how I was right and you were wrong. No, do it again, you know. <laughs> I know some of my friends are like, well, you do it anyways, Joel. <laughs> pray for me, pray for me. But, but it's interesting how Job, when his friends show up, he doesn't act as an enemy. It's important. It's very important. It might seem very superficial and simple to you, but it's very important if you let it speak to you. And I really hope God's word is speaking to you because you see in the end, favor is going to fall only on those that are listening to God's word that's speaking to them this morning. What is Job going to do? He doesn't act as an enemy. He actually acts as a believer, as a child of God. Let's look at this again. Verse 8. Now therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you. Another way you could say that is, and my servant Job will pray for you. God knows what Job is going to do. God knows that Job is not going to gloat over his enemies. God knows that Job is not going to rub it in their face. God knows that Job is a righteous man, that he's an upright man, that he's a humble man, that he's opened the door of humility first. He recognized that Job recognize that he needs God and he recognizes that his friends need God. And he says, God says, Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer. Wow. Thank you, Lord. What was Job's prayer for them? Not to deal with you according to your folly, according that God would not deal with you according to your foolishness. You've been foolish. You're running your mouth about God. You've been blaspheming God. You thought you were being an apologist, a missionary, or a warrior for Jesus, but you've actually been discriminating God's children. You've been demeaning God. And now, Job is going to pray that God would not hold his anger against them. For you have not spoken of me what's right as my servant Job has. doesn't look like Job rubbed this in their faces or preached to them. He prayed for them that it wouldn't be held against them. Isn't it interesting? Even though Job was the one suffering, he was the one who was saved. Isn't that crazy? Job was the one that actually had to pray for these guys at the end. When these guys were preaching for 42 chapters, it was Job in the end that actually had to pray for forgiveness over them. He was the one who was saved. It says in Matthew chapter five, verse 43, you've heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why is that? So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. Okay, so if you want to know if God really is your father, you will love your enemies, and you will pray for those who persecute you. Forgiveness is the door that opens you into sonship. If you're unable to forgive, you're not a child of God. And I know this is hard. And I prayed through this, talking to my mother about our past. This is hard. I get it, it's hard. But it makes it doable if you open the first door in humility of recognizing I am a man and I have failed and I have fallen and just like everybody else has hurt me, I need a savior just as much as they do. If you're unable to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, you're sure that you're not the son or the daughter of your father who is in heaven. And if you truly are born again, you'll be able to love your enemies. Now, In America, we have this really weird idea of what forgiveness looks like. Immediately, you go make a phone call, meet this person for coffee, and tell them how you're bitter towards them, and then you cry, and it's an emotional fest, and you go back to hating them again. Stop that. You really want to grow in forgiveness? Right now, respond in humility to God, saying, God, I need to forgive this person in my past. And right now, this is going to be hard. I told you it's going to be hard this morning. Pray that God will bless that person. In fact, pray that God will take a portion of your blessing and give it to that person. Forgive them until you're able to say, Lord, even a portion of my anointing, take it and give it to them, O Lord. Forgive them. You don't have to be best friends with these people. Look at Jesus on the cross. Jesus didn't sit down with all the soldiers and have pita bread with them. No. Instead on the cross he prayed, Father forgive them, they do not know what they do. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.